Hi, it's Michael Anthony, and thank you for joining me for the relaunch of Epiphanitis. It's been months, I mean, an embarrassing number of months since I last podcasted, but I wanted to change it from a solo format into a dialogue, a conversation. I think it's far more important to explore each other's inspirations. and it, We can find so many places where we connect, as, as opposed to me just saying what I think and what I feel. I think that in order to get to the underlying truth of inspiration and clarity and just epiphanies is to share and to resonate with each other. And I think that's what we did here. Heather Height, comedian, dominatrix, sometimes both at once. <laughs> the chat was great, but the technology gave us a lot of trouble for a while, so that adds to the exhaustion that you may see in my face uh, if you're watching this on video and uh, in podcast form I may sound a little more raspy. I may also sound a little more raspy on the video because I've barely gotten any sleep. But I live for these kinds of things where you can't sleep because you're doing something that you're that you just love and that's what happened here and i hope you enjoy it as much as i did as much as we did we had a lot of fun with this so uh there's not a lot to say except uh, enjoy hey heather hey michael anthony thank you for having me oh my goodness thank you for being here are you kidding me oh uh it's hey ah. ava <laughs> sorry about that i poked the thing <laughs> That was a great treat. Love that dog. Yes. How's she doing? She's fantastic. She's shedding. Oh, yeah. So it's I, a nightmare with German Shepherd shed. Is it because the temperatures keep going up and down? It seems to happen in the springtime, so I would imagine it has something to do with that. Yeah, I mean, I, she's. It's not like a directly re weather-related. I believe that it's just a seasonal thing within their own time clock, you know? Right. It's been a long time since I've had a dog. I was, man, I was 18 when my Rottweiler passed away. Got him around when I was 10. So, uh, yeah, good memories. Yeah. But, um, yeah, the shedding. The shedding was not fun. A lot of sweeping. But, um, all right, so uh, we're just going to talk about inspiration, moments of clarity, uh, you know, just stuff that we end up talking about when we, you know, we yeah. go get drunk at parties, we end up in a ph philosophical conversation. So, you know, we'll do this, uh, I guess, sober. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I, I, uh, I love the name of your show. Epiphanitis. By the way. You like it? Yes, it's wonderful. Thank you. Yeah. Like it's not too tough to spell. No, I love it. It's great. Yeah. And it reminds me of, of uh, elephants, I guess, because of elephantitis. <laughs> Epiphanitis. <laughs> it, it sounds like a wonderful, fluffy animal. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the, I guess that, that, gives, that can give me some ideas for a new theme song. Maybe I need to put a, an elephant sound in there. I don't know. Or like a Dr. Seuss character. It reminds me of a Dr. Oh, Seuss. Dr. 
Yeah, that that I'd love to see a, a Theodore Geisel epiphanitis creature. Yeah. In the meantime, I've got my weird, you know, logo with the smiley face and the question mark eyes. So that's pretty twisted <laughs> in its own way. So um, I'm uh, interested in any recent experiences or epiphanies you've had, anything that's really stood out to you, that's inspired you. Well, I've, I have epiphanies like four or five times a day. I think I drive Dave crazy with my, oh my God, I just figured out the universe like, you know, at least twice a day. That's <laughs> awesome. The, one of the most interesting things recently has been, uh, I have on my Heidi Knights page, and Heidi Knights is a dominatrix persona. Heidi Knights has a follower from Egypt who's a, a college student who just started talking to me, not even in any way sexual, but just like as out of curiosity, well, what does this mean? And what is that? And asking me about, um, uh, he saw in one of my pictures that a bath met on, so he's asking me about that. And mm -hmm. uh, he, like, it, it's evolved to the point where I'm like his American mom, and we just talked, and he just recently asked me to help him with a, uh, a term paper for college about an argument against the existence of God. <laughs> wow. And, and I couldn't believe the, uh, like I, I hadn't slept for a few days <laughs> <laughs> and I just started running back and this is on like Twitter, you know, on the, in the chat, you know, and I, um, I came up with this, this amazing stuff. I don't even believe in God, but, but it was like a, uh, it was, about the universe as an organism um, and, and, and we're like part of it but we have this unique sense of self as humans or seemingly unique sense <laughs> of self as humans where we're, we're, we feel disconnected from the very thing that we're a part of because you can't not be a part of the universe because you're in it Absolutely. you know but we feel like we feel like we're not part of the universe like we're all these individual beings our own little universes to ourselves so the god was god coming up with a, a thing a being that created us all is is our is human beings expression of this feeling of connected and disconnectedness like we feel like we're we're alone in this vast space and yet we have this feeling of something bigger than us because we are in something bigger than us that we are actually a part of, like like factually, physically a part of, but we can't reconcile that because we can't, you know, like the universe is huge, you know, <laughs> and we feel like separate beings. We feel insignificant, and so we we you know human beings came up with God as a way to explain this bigger feeling, this sense that something bigger is there. You know, that was my latest, uh, <laughs> that was my latest, I guess, epiphany. It, it, it was, uh, I felt pretty smart. You know, I tied it into my whole, I always liked the idea of uh, um, con conscious beings being the universe's uh, way of, of exploring itself. Mm -hmm. So I kind of tied it into that, like, that we're mainly just, uh, like, if we, if we were in a giant, we would be, we would be molecules inside the synapses of his brain, you know? <laughs> right. I love this. Actually, I've, yeah. Our, our, um, 
our solar system would be a molecule inside the synapse inside his brain. That's how, you know. <laughs> yeah. But go on. Well, it gets really, you know, I mean, it's a fractal sort of thing. It keep, keeps going. It's crazy. Yes. And you would not believe how much I was looking for the word fractal when I was writing back to this kid, and you just said it now. I was, yeah. I was like, "What is that word? What is that word?" Well, there it is. <laughs> I should you. I'm explaining the universe to a guy, a college student. I need the word. <laughs> yeah, you know, you always think of the right thing to say later, right? So, yeah. I mean, I mean, the general you, not just you. I mean, everybody. <laughs> Take um, <laughs> good. You, so. Heather, you always think of the right word later. <laughs> <laughs> you specifically. Anyway, no, it's uh, really interesting. I've been thinking a lot about similar things uh, lately. And just the past couple of nights, I've been binging uh, these podcasts about uh, animism and also uh, and totems and the just a lot of natural magic, stuff like that, you know, folk magic. That kind of, and shamanism, and, and just, uh, yeah, listening to a lot of that stuff, because uh, just being, I don't know, my recently, just the past year, I've been more attuned to my body, you know, just I've been uh, feeling more like an animal than ever, you know, just in that pure, yeah. that, that, that uh, carnal zen, I call it, carnal zen. Because uh, that's what it is. It's you know you're not denying this this universe, this flesh, this earth, but uh, you're uh, it, there's still something transcendent about it. Yeah. And I it's guess probably that, you you kind of like uh, took your own creation into into your own hands. It, it seems like the way you describe it sounds similar to. Um, how women describe being, you know, giving birth to babies, like the whole creation process. So you, hmm. you kind of recreated yourself, but and and when you do, when you when you start to work out and you pay attention to your diet and you're mindful about that stuff, you do feel more like in tune with your your own creation and and with the uh, the flow of things. So I could totally see that. Yes, absolutely. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been amazing. So, um, yeah, there was something else I was going to say about that, but oh, that was going to be about me. No, please. That was going to be about me. We're, just, we're trying to talk about you over here. You know, if I can chip in here and there, that's something, but, uh, um, now you know, you're not on the spot, but do you have a favorite quote that you'd like to share? Uh, I just, I love quotes. I'm collecting quotes all the time. I mean, I can share one with you if you want. <laughs> Problem with that is that I can never, I, you know how, you spoke to me before. You know that I'm going to say, like, you know, it's that thing that guy said it's something about this thing. Like, in order for me to share favorite quotes, I would have to Google them and be prepared to have it, like, written out. <laughs> okay, yeah, it's fine. You can paraphrase, too, if you want. I'm not, this is not journalism. <laughs> conversation i've i've always liked um the uh i think that he's actually quoting someone else but you know i was always a big wayne dyer fan and he talks about um the uh the wake doesn't drive the boat 
It's about um, not allowing your past experiences to dictate where your future goes. You know? So the wake doesn't drive the boat. Right. Meaning everything that's behind you is behind you and you're supposed to let it go. I'm horrible at this, by the way. <laughs> no, this is, this is good. No, no, I mean, I'm horrible at letting things go and letting my past oh, I, be... Oh, I do. I actually lying. Har- horrible at it. And yet this is... And it's probably why I kind of hang on to this this idea because I'm trying to get my brain to, to actually do it, you know? That um, if... Uh, I mean, those those tiny moments that that I do like grasp this idea and then let everything go in the past. It's like a very freeing exercise, but I, I have a harder time uh, applying it to my daily life. And I think that it has to do, apparently it's like a PTSD brain thing. Mm-hmm. I, I had a very traumatic childhood and um, I, I'm learning. I recently learned that uh, people who, it's, it's, it doesn't seem like a recently learned thing, but the, it's been recently confirmed <laughs> that people who had violent childhoods are kind of, like, broken <laughs> mm, in, in the way that their brain works. I have a very hard time. I do know, I never forget a slide. I remember every, every time somebody even looked at me cross-eyed, and it's not that I try to remember it. It's that my... Um, the way that I process things, I, I'm programmed to not forget things like that so that I can, you know, I need to keep a database so I can protect myself, you know? Right. And it's You're not right. hypervigilance. That, yes. And it's not something that I choose to do, but exactly. It's, it's hypervigilance. So if I have any, like the small, I, I recently, I was talking to um, our friend Nathan Gray. Mm-hmm. Hi, Nathan. The, uh, okay. When I talk to Nathan, I know mm-hmm. how how like logical he is, and how he doesn't he doesn't buy any of my bullshit, you know. Yeah. So oh yeah. He's, he won't stand down. He's punk to oh, the no, core. No. So it's it's kind of healthy, you know. So what I was I was telling him about uh, everywhere that I go to work, every time I get a new job, I have an issue with somebody, and and it's not that I'm wrong. I've actually won lawsuits over issues that I've had with people in the job you know yeah this job, i uh i instantly had an issue with somebody and i'm like it's gotta be like it's either definitely not me <laughs> because it, or or it is only me <laughs> you know One or the other. and i and yeah like i can't like either everybody else in the world is is it's i I just had to come to the conclusion that it's my issue, and it has to do with this um, this hypervigilance thing, where I can't let anything go, you know. Yeah. And um, and it doesn't mean that the people that that I'm having a problem with didn't do anything, you know, or that mm-hmm. they're not wrong, or that you know, I just for some reason either people don't want to confront things. You know, other than me, like, or, or there's, uh, people are all a bunch of Buddhas and I'm just a fucking freak. (laughs) I really don't think everybody else is a Buddha because everybody else seems to be very passive aggressive and talking about the issues and not doing anything. And then I'm out there going, let's do something. But then, you know, let's do something tends to, I'm a boat rocker. 
And it yeah. tends to blow up worlds and then, you know, and all I want to do is just go to my job and, and have a normal little, you know, whatever, just a normal life with a normal job and not have to be on any crusades or, <laughs> you, you know, wanna, you any I just want to be a normal person. <laughs> Good <laughs> and, luck. So that's, that's, that's another big, like, uh, that's actually been a huge thing for me. I know it doesn't sound like a huge thing to realize that it might be me. <laughs> That's a huge <laughs> that, thing. That it might be me. Like, because in the in the past, it would be, like, it's it's me, but I'm right, you know? And it's me, but but all you, you're all a bunch of retards. But now I'm like, it's me, and maybe even if other people are wrong, it's my problem. <laughs> yeah. And maybe, maybe I could just let something go <laughs> every once in a while. And maybe I don't have to... Like, go to the go to the Supreme Court to prove that I'm right. Maybe I could just be a little more zen about things, <laughs> and 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 not have to be, you know, maybe everybody, maybe I don't have to be like really Aspergery about people following the rules, mm. and I could just let you know. <laughs> maybe that's the key. Normal. I mean, the thing is, biologically, we're wired to hold on to the negative more than the positive. A lot of the time, yeah. so it's and it's just it's the self defense built into us. So that's the trick, you know. It's a I don't know. It's kind of screwed up, but it also does protect us when you know. I think we'd all be dead if we didn't have those triggers, you know, because we wouldn't be aware of dangers. People who, or either that, either we'd be dead or we'd have killed everyone else. You know, people who don't have a sense of consequence tend to do pretty bad things. Or experience pretty bad things. Yeah, so. that's true. I think, I don't know. That's, that's kind of a simple... So that, <laughs> I think that that's the key, though, that it is simple when it comes down to it. That we try to, to um, assign big, meaningful things to things that really aren't, don't necessarily have to be. Like, they could be. And mm. you might garner some kind of warm fuzzies over making something big and, and important but really it's really not that difficult or complicated you know yeah, yeah. And, uh, so so yeah maybe uh <laughs> it just is that's the, it just is everything it just, it, the wake doesn't drive the boat <laughs> exactly it's just I'm stomping up and down on the boat and yelling, the wake doesn't drive the boat! <laughs> you know, you may be rocking the boat, but the, the, the principle still applies. So. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> oh. All right. Um, have you, I mean, we were talking about one of my recent major transformations, but have you experienced any of your own recently? Oh. Girlfriend. Please. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm, I think that I was, I, when I read that question, I was thinking like, I think it's almost intrinsically female to like women have changed thrust upon them. It seems mm. like once we all go through puberty, Men, a lot of men are kind of done. Like, it's been my experience. They are who they are a lot of times. Like, and I'm not saying all men, but most men. I think pretty sure Dave knew who he was when he was, like, 19 years old. And he's pretty much been that person, you know? I feel the same way. 
Yeah. And I, uh, like, there's, I, I remember, I recently started, I recently went through menopause. And, and it's wonderful. I don't <laughs> Congratulations. know why. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Well, I don't understand why previous generations of women didn't talk about the wonders of menopause with their with their daughters because it's it's I guess um I mean I suppose there was a there's always been a stigma attached to how fertile you are mm -hmm. and being in like a judeo-christian uh victorian kind of influenced society we're gonna attach youth and and fertility to the importance of a woman Mm -hmm. So I certainly have an to be able to embrace my uh, embrace my infertility. <laughs> but right. the the biggest I, I had a horrible time with hormones. I was terrible. Like and and this, this sounds like I'm not going to say what it sounds like. I'm just going to tell you. It's when when I went through my cycles, depending on what part of my cycle I was in, I would have different political leanings, you know? Like it, it affected something. me that deeply. Yeah, so I would go from being like <clears throat> like uh, um, just like one of the boys to wanting to kill all men. Like, just like it was that sharp of a, of a change. It, like, I would feel differently about um about the even like watching the news or you know like it would affect me it's not like more emotionally because i'm emotional all the time I'm, I'm always high emotion and and very intense but i would literally feel differently <laughs> you yeah. know about the same top and um so i i uh noticed when i started going through menopause and i it started with having like months and months of not cycle not getting my period that I would feel the same about things all the time mm -hmm. and it, so it's as a you know human it makes you consider like what what really am I you know like yeah. how the, if, if my very feelings and, I, and I'm so passionate about things and but what I'm passionate about my viewpoint on that can change and I can be equally passionate in the other, other direction so I feel like menopause for me is going to be this wonderful time of my life where I know what how I feel and I know that it's not being influenced by anything and I don't have to question like, you know, well, is my period coming? Because I could either kill you or I could wait a week and see if I still want to kill you. Mm -hmm. You know, like am I, the, I, didn't, I don't have to question whether Right or wrong about an argument because I know that I feel this, feel this way. I know I'm going to feel this way later, and you know what I mean. So, right. so it's been like, the very nature of being female causes just a tremendous change, almost devastating change, and not just once or twice, but almost every single month. Too much math, <laughs> you know, for me. and it's not. A, it's, it's, yes, I know like people joke about, oh, she's on the rag or whatever, but it's, it's also something to, to kind of marvel at rather than joke about, about, and it's not something to like a reason to dismiss women's opinions or it's, it's a, um, it's, 
it's a reason to wonder at that, you know, because mm-hmm. those those feelings were no less valid and no less real just because they changed within me. There's still issues that are out there. In the, I had a I had a boyfriend once who um, was the first person to say to me, like, like, um, I was like, no, you know, I'm just being this way because I'm hormonal. And he's like, no, it doesn't mean that means those things are still there. You just don't. You're not affected by them the same way. So this, we can mm-hmm. still talk about your whatever issues come up. Well, that's just a very mature guy there. Issue. Yeah. I mean, he was an asshole in every other respect. But in that <laughs> way, he was really good. <laughs> well, that is, you know, that, that's pretty rare. So <laughs> I think, I don't know, maybe, I hope it's not. But <laughs> you know. I, I used to say that all the time, you know, that, you know, you, you know and I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say I'm MGTOW, but I haven't, I'm not interested in dating. So, but, uh. I, you know, when I was, you know, I always, you know, always supported that any feeling, any thought is is valid. It's there, and it's something to discuss. And all this reminds me of, um, I always have been called a stoic by a lot of other people, but I never yeah. really, I just took it for granted. Okay, maybe I'm kind of stoic, stoical, but I recently actually started reading some some stoic stoic works and just from the get-go i'm seeing what we're talking about this that nothing is inherently good or bad but our reaction or opinion is what's good or bad you know how it makes us feel yeah yeah i guess you could take it to to a pretty extreme degree like like the um like well this is a Ah, okay, well, this will be a controversial thing to say, but in maybe like just 200 years ago, mm-hmm. it was not as controversial for an old man to marry a young girl, yeah. you know? Yeah, there were a lot of like, what we consider underage. Like, yeah, and so, and now people are called a pedophile for marrying somebody who's even 17. In fact, they could be called a pedophile for being with somebody based on the um, law of that state. Yeah. You know, New York, 17 is, is the age of consent. But if you were with a 17-year-old in California, which recently did happen to Anthony Bourdain's ex-girlfriend, the boy that she was she had sex with was 17. Oh, wow. And she got in trouble in California. But if she was here... She wouldn't have. Yeah, it's crazy. You know? So, so the, your perceptions of right and wrong being dictated by um, by law, you know. Like well, I, the I know argument, uh, go ahead. Well, the argument there is that you have, uh, you know, people died younger back then usually, or there were more dangers in life and more stillbirths and things like that. So people had to, you know get on with it as soon as they hit childbearing age i guess yeah but, they could have got on with it with somebody their own age you know more ideally <laughs> yeah some old man who's on his fifth wife and just wants something warm <laughs> yeah but yeah. i'm not defending it i'm just saying that no, it's, uh, not at all like i i and i and i understand that i my, my uh my father's brother he was, uh, they had, he and his wife had five kids and he, he wanted a divorce and they were like in their forties and 
or no, in their thirties, and and he said that to her. He's like, well, you know, people used to die by their forties, so you know, till death do us part doesn't apply anymore. Oh. <laughs> We've already spent our lifetime together. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they didn't know wow. people were gonna be living to be ninety years old back then. Yeah, it's true though. There, there's a point to that. That's part of why there are more divorces now, because people live long enough to get divorced. Oh, very likely. May everyone be so lucky. <laughs> this good thing Dave and I met later in our lives. So Yeah, you got all that shit sorted out. Forgive my French. <laughs> I don't think shit is a French word. Oh, oh, meld, meld. I can't pronounce uh, the real French because <laughs> I don't speak no French. Oh, a little bit. Anywho. Um, all right, here's a really simple one. What's something you love? Anything you love, you can just, anything that comes to mind. First thing, what is it? I'm kidding, you can take your time. <laughs> well, Ava is right here next to me. Oh. So that would be the easiest thing to do. Okay, there's someone Ava. Ava. Hi, Ava. She's, she's, um, she'll hold her toy over the side of the bed and act like she can't get it. And as soon as we go to help her, she comes up with like oh you wanted to play <laughs> oh that's the yeah that's a good trick she is so crafty mm -hmm. so it's that's not you don't think she's just trying to tease herself maybe just to kind of imagine that because you know people watch dramas i don't like watching dramas most of the time because i don't like experiencing these things that people are going through on these shows but maybe she's making her own little drama there's this dog she can't get her toy. It's so sad, you know. She. No, is that complicated of a person. <laughs> <laughs> She's just manipulating you. That's it. Yes. Okay. Yes. I believe. Which it. is much less complicated. <laughs> deception is. She's about the the age of a maybe three three or four year old, and that deception is is totally within her capabilities. More oh. than, more than a, a vivid inner. Uh, imaginary life where she's a, a dog with her toy hanging off of a cliff. But either way, yeah. I'm telling you. She's her own showrunner. I think she'd have to be at least. <laughs> get down. Please get down. Go play with someone else. So go play with someone who's on the phone. There's oh, no. two others in this house. Go. You're I had engaged. to make the mistake. Saying that I loved, <laughs> yeah, I love Ava. She's like, oh, love Ava. <laughs> but I guess um, I really love learning new things. I, I, um, I've always loved. Before there was the, um, you know, all the podcasts and all these other nerdy people who also love new things and learning things and talking about things for me to listen to. There was uh, the Learning Channel. I remember when the Learning Channel was uh, actually a Learning Channel. Like they had oh. operations on there. And you remember TLC, What's the Learning Channel? <laughs> on there now, um, Honey Boo Boo. Oh, <laughs> that's really the I Learning Channel? I think it's at the Learning Channel or one of those channels. Yeah. Yeah. It is. Okay, yeah. My son just said it's the Learning Channel. Oh. Isn't that crazy? Hey, Dom. <laughs> Michael Anthony said hi. Duck Dynasty, I think, hi. might be on, a, on the Learning Channel. Oh. oh, 
Oh, Duck Dynasty's on the History Channel. That, yeah, that's <laughs> some weird choices they make, but clearly it's working. So. She's like really getting crazy. She's like beating me with her toy. What else Ow. is new? What else is new? Oh. <laughs> that's all she does. Yeah. It's and her she's... whole world. Her whole world toy. Yeah. <clears throat> So I um what are recent things that I've learned that blew me away? Really? Oh. This is I hate I'm, I'm sorry that I keep doing this to your show. So the um the recent like divorce or divorce, the recent abortion thing with New York updating their abortion laws. They uh they hadn't re they hadn't updated their state laws since before Roe versus Wade. Right, I heard a little something so, about this, but I, I yeah. Forget. So all they did was was update it to that point, like they didn't. But there's a bunch of talk, and this happens every time uh, abortion is in the news. A lot of people will talk about late term abortions, you mm, know, right. like that. And there is no such thing. There's no such thing as people aborting babies that are you know women who are like eight nine months pregnant having abortions it's not a real thing and not it's not a zero real not, yeah, that not wouldn't real even, that wouldn't even be an abortion that's just murder i think yeah but then and so this is like a thing that gets spread around every time and um so i i went on snopes <laughs> because that's the go-to place to mm. just find something where some definitive like no this is not real and I found an article about a doctor in Philadelphia who is current, this currently, who, who was doing, they said, late-term abortions and had the fetuses all over his house and stuff. Seriously? Like he's, he's, yes! This is not New yes! York Post or something? Oh, this was a real, it was on Snopes, and it was a real doctor. That's horrifying. Yes! Right? Like, so now I can't, you know, this would, this would be the argument <laughs> for all of the, the uh, pro, uh, the anti-abortion people who say they do late-term abortions. And, <laughs> and I can't say that no doctor ever has now. But uh, legally, it does not exist. <laughs> well, unfortunately, when someone wants to do something illegal, they just do it. I mean, it's... Uh, what what locks keep honest people honest? That's true. Yeah. Or they just make it more challenging. I mean, I I could be honest about a lot of things and still break a lock. But that's just <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I wonder if there's a ratio, a specific ratio that you have to maintain of honesty to mendacity in order to maintain your honest label. <laughs> Yeah, I think you could be incredibly honest and, and be a horrible, horrible person. I don't know if honesty oh, is good. I'm trying true. to make that equivalency. Yeah. Yeah. I just say what's on my mind. I... Yeah, right. Some of the most horrible people on the planet are honest. <laughs> uh, oh, hey, this is easily segues into what's something you hate? <laughs> that was a lot of torture there. I, I really, I really, really hate what the internet has become. So do I. And, and, the, and the way that, like, 
um, the way that things have turned out for when I was a kid, um, and this all ties in together, like when I was a kid, like you could say that, that because I was passively neglected, I was a lot of PBS. So I was raised by the liberal agenda, <laughs> you know, <laughs> like I was raised, I was raised by, by Gordon and Livia and Kermit the Frog and, and, and the, the liberal, um, agenda was about inclusiveness and about how everybody is special and everybody's important and we're all we all have good we all have potential and it doesn't matter what color you are and it doesn't you know and and it's okay to nurse uh, to nurse babies in public and like all that stuff well that and, stuff and is music more and, and well well that was that was on on sesame street when i was a kid that had like i don't even remember that yes breastfeeding and like those little those little short you know things that they did like the, mm -hmm. with the music you know everybody eats i think shows a mom breastfeeding remember mm -hmm. the song everybody eats <laughs> that one <laughs> no that one slipped my mind but <laughs> well so <clears throat> that that somehow has 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 somehow turned into this like the the liberal movement is, and I would have called myself liberal for a very long time because that's really what I thought it was when mm -hmm. I was younger and now it seems to be um people who call themselves liberal seem to be more quick to violence mm -hmm. now and and I see more liberal people like with that that kid with the mega hat on calling the docs him he was a child you don't even know like just based on one photograph, you're gonna what you're gonna call out an entire a child's family and and people are having death threats and over a red hat and a smirk on his face, like it's. Oh man, I didn't it, hear about that. It's it's um. It was a little kid I, with a maga hat. Uh, that teenager. Remember the teenagers and the native guy that that just happened. It was oh. in D.C. I. I think something might have popped up in my feed, but I didn't read it. <laughs> it was stupid, and you're you're lucky for missing it. <laughs> okay. So wrong. the way that the arc of the story went was it started with a picture of this kid in the Make America Great Again hat, and he's smirking smugly at a Native American guy with a drum, like they're having a standoff. And yeah. the story behind the picture was that the kids were yelling build that wall at the native americans while they did their their drumming you know native american march i don't know if they were protesting or if it was like a celebration of you know native americans or whatever mm -hmm. and um what it ended up being at the end was completely different like there was some some uh, black Israelites involved, and the black Israelites were probably, uh, supposedly saying stuff to the kids with the MAGA hats on. Who and those kids probably bought those hats in DC. You know, mm -hmm. they didn't just show up. And the kids were there for a completely different reason. I think there was they were they had a Catholic school, so they were there for like a pro-life um, rally or something. And they all just kind of converged in this moment. And the Native American guy supposedly 
started off like kind of interfering with the black Israelites or like it was just stupid and it had nothing to nobody was being like these kids essentially didn't like I I posted something about uh about it on my Facebook about hey how about we talk about this cool ass Native American dude what tribe is he from what you know like instead of calling out instead of doxing children you know how about we talk about this and one of my Facebook friends fuck him, this is, named his nation and his name and blah, 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 and it was like, and this is that kid's address and, you know, like, really? I mean, you can't think for a second, he's like, he's, I think the kid's like 16 years old, you know? Well, yeah, he's, his head is not together yet. No, your frontal cortex isn't even fully developed yet, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah he's maybe a decade away from that. Yeah. Almost. So this, this, and that person who, who did that, she was, she was a, somebody who was political and calls herself a liberal. And it's completely opposite of what I thought a liberal was or what, what liberal was actually when I was a kid. Liberal was, you know, like the family ties parents, the dad worked for the local public television station and they were like, Alex P. Keaton was, was the the blacks the black sheep for being a being a uh, republican kid in the democratic house remember <laughs> oh man you're taking me back in those days i those days you're kidding i i lived in in park slope brooklyn you know that's a liberal haven and yeah. i think it, it felt like that even more back then in my opinion because it was just nice Quiet tree-lined streets, brownstones. We lived in a brownstone. Uh, every, everything. It was so gentle. Everything was gentle back then. But oh, things are not so gentle nowadays. <laughs> I think that's the problem. Yeah. The, the, there's no dialogue. Is I think is that what you were getting at? There's no dialogue. Kind I of. was was getting at what I hate about the um, about what. So the, the the connection between what what being politically liberal meant and what the internet has become are connected in that they both had this ideal this promise of this idealistic thing when mm -hmm. I was younger and the the birth of the internet was supposed to bring about this this you know like coming together of of minds we were going to give free internet to children in Africa and discover hidden gems of genius in the humans and and it's just been a shit show it's just disgusting and so that's you know, that's where we're talking, something I hate <laughs> yeah yeah I agree that that's the majority of it nowadays but and it happened so quickly how how it went from anyway but at the same time all the things that you were saying the good things they happen too I think yeah. they all happen but yeah. just it's not as no one tweets about it. <laughs> there's, there's, um, there's a thing that it's very, very rare that somebody does talk about something good that happens without some passive-aggressive jab at the bad, you know, mm -hmm. or at, at, or without some uh, like, look at this good thing I'm talking about with all the bad and the like. There's never yeah. any. There, or I can't say never. This is very rare that there's something pure, and maybe that is just the way that, that things have always been. It's human nature but again, uh, that whole defense mechanism. I would think that with more more um, 
exposure to each other that we find more instances of something that's that's pure and good instead of less but it seems like the way that um the way that social networking has changed the the way that we communicate in in the negative sense where we're actually more sensitive like what we're more like <clears throat> you know in high school they they have you read um uh catcher in the rye yeah it's in high school because it has the word it's okay because it's art mm-hmm. <laughs> you know i remember oh you read fuck and apparently the word fuck is like just horrible and people um a couple friends of mine got kicked uh, temporarily kicked off of twitter for calling someone a cunt like so what so all <laughs> scottish people get kicked off of twitter now like <laughs> they use cunt every other word what Ooh. you know words have have become stupider and and instead of more meaning you know what i'm uh, i just talked myself into a big ditch no no i I'm think I, I hear where you're going with that yeah that um the more and more people than ever before in the history of us uh, have are writing now as a form of communication. It's ironic that in in with technology comes more people using the the uh, written word. And there yeah. was a time in in our uh, history as humans where only a few like elite people could uh, even read and write. Right, you know, yeah. like there were times when only only the priests knew what the Bible said, and you just had to take his word for it, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, now everybody's writing, but it's very apparent that everybody doesn't exactly know how to communicate through writing. And I think that that's adding to the um, the the horrible miscommunications and and people taking offense and even wantingly, like just obviously you are purposefully misunderstanding people and just reading into your what you want them to be saying so that you can be offended and angry you know the whole right. oh what you really mean is thing you know so yeah, there's all no... these things like these are all things i hate obviously i have a lot more to say about what i hate and what i love no. so i'm just, <laughs> just... <laughs> yeah no that was fantastic and there's still love in there you're 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 not just hating for the sake of hatred, but rather to seek something that's better. Yeah. Okay. I hope. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's me being Mr. Pollyanna. But, yeah. Uh, all right. Well, all right. So who, who's one of you, who or what is one of your biggest inspirations, would you say? I would say, let's go with one I don't talk about much since my my uh my grandfather i never really talk about him as an inspiration although he he always was mm. he uh he just passed away this year and um usually i go with somebody like you know i love benjamin franklin <laughs> you know, or, or something like that so we'll just go with pop up this time just That's as good. an homage my grandfather was an inspiration because he was a master at sarcasm. <laughs> awesome. Is the most sarcastic like there's there's a um 
there's this is one of those quotes that I'm never going to remember that Mark Twain said about the uh, the I could tell you what the quote is about and it's about the fact that that the same person like my grandfather damaged all of his own children but I but his grandchildren thought it was funny like that's basically what <laughs> <laughs> okay so, so my my uh, my aunt got very heavy like in her 30s and she was cleaning up the the living room while Papa was watching TV and she walked in front of the TV and he goes, I just missed a week's worth of television. And <laughs> she was devastated by this, but oh I thought goodness. it was and and being somebody who who struggles with their weight, like having that kind of influence wasn't damaging to me. It made me able to laugh at my myself, like, you know. So yeah. And I understand why it would be damaged, and it's her daddy, but he's my pop-up, so to me, it's it's funny. <laughs> and the thing is, the way you said it made me think it was automatically funny. <laughs> That's yeah. your experience you're projecting. Yeah. She, he was, uh, and I, it's, he's also, like, he's the World War II vet, you know, mm-hmm. and generation. Uh, British generation. So they're just ornery people who don't know how exactly to show love, and they have all their own damage in their own right, but but his uh, his tendency to um, a lot of the time, I think he was trying just scathing, but it was funny, right. <laughs> you know, like like he he one time this is just for we left the kitchen light on, okay, and there was a doorway out of the backyard into the kitchen, and my grandfather came in and said, "Where is everybody?" And I said, "We're in here, pop up," and he goes, "You should be in here. You can see better," you know. Like, instead of being like, why the hell are you kids leaving the lights on, you know? And I don't even think he was, that wasn't a jovial moment for him. Right. For me, cracked me up on the floor laughing. The the Fukushima um, uh, wave uh, that, that um, why can't I remember his name? What's his name? Got lost Gilbert his guy Godfrey. Godfrey lost his guy over me. My grandfather, that morning, I was I was visiting him. That morning, he came down the steps and said, I guess I won't be able to find car- parts for the car now, you know, because he had a Japanese car. He was... <laughs> oh. <laughs> <And it> was... <laughs> did he tweet it? He didn't tweet it, did he? Because <laughs> he didn't know what a fucking tweeter was. Oh, thank heaven. He just shared it with him. <laughs> he didn't have a contract with Geico either, so. <laughs> oh, he didn't even have a... Right, well, that's not even a concern, yeah. We're talking about the car, not the insurance. Yeah, no. So, so I he was a he was a tremendous influence, on purpose or not, you know, intentionally or not. He was a tremendous influence on me as a comedian and as how how I see myself and am able to find humor in even when I'm I'm angry not that i always can like i said i'm not like a fucking buddha here but <laughs> but like to see to be able to laugh at yourself or or see the humor in a situation that is um a little harsh or anger or tragic you know yeah <laughs> and i i would like to hold on to that and i think that that's something that that is that is kind of being slowly eroded again through the thing that i hate which is the whole social media and and what it's doing to us as a society can't defend anybody 
and everything <laughs> offends somebody. Yeah, absolutely. And to to just as a side note, the least offended people on the planet are, I think, not just Japanese people, but Asian people do not like. I think especially Japanese, they don't give a fuck. If they don't, you never, they don't bitch about people appropriating. They don't care about, you know, if somebody walks around and dressed as a geisha, whatever the fuck happened, you know, like, like most of the time when people complain about or, or defend Japanese culture in particular, it's not a Japanese person who's offended. <laughs> right. And I heard, I've, I've had this conversation with more than one person who was Japanese or Asian in general and they're like, yeah, we just don't care, you know. Like, in fact, a lot of people, like in Japan, find it um, kind of uh, like like a compliment that you would copy them or and or even make fun of part of their culture. Like, they just don't give a fuck. And I hope that, that doesn't. I hope they never get drug into this like because as part of their they have a very unique culture now i'm speaking again specifically of japan i should have never included all the other asians <laughs> i have to okay. keep on trying. i hope that, that that aspect of their culture never gets destroyed because it's mm. it's like the last bastion you know well where luckily everybody their else... culture runs deep their yes culture runs so deep it, it's it's amazing to me just how everything in you know what seems like just pop regular pop culture to many of us will end up being tied to some ancient folklore, you know? Yeah. It's fascinating. I love yeah, I, I love their, uh, when they do integrate something, they, they still make it incredibly Japanese. Like the Japanese metal movement was still incredibly Japanese, even though they, they, uh, integrated a lot of the, you know, like American and European kids, you know, like, like the heavy metal clothing and the hair and the ripped up shirts. It was still, it was like strategically ripped up shirts and perfectly quaffed metal hair. Exactly. And, you know, and just like it was, there's something about that was just, just a purely Japanese metal movement. It was their own thing, you know? <laughs> it reminded me, I've been really, listening I, to a lot of, Sai. you know, the band Psy? I've been listening to them a lot lately. Is that... Which 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 uh, genre is that? It's kind of experimental black metal, <laughs> so but it's very Japanese. They're from Japan, and not everything that they do is so Japanese. But the latest album was uh, their most Japanese sounding album, and I just love listening to it. It's uh, yeah. it's got that I don't know. It's it's a, it's a good vibe. I didn't want to use the word vibe, but I had to. Yeah, we're we're just gonna be those people today. It's okay. Yeah. We can use the words as others. We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna chillax today. Yes. Well, no. Let's never chill. Let's never do that. We don't want to ever relax. Okay. I don't know. When you think about it, YOLO. You know. Okay, that's enough. I'm okay, gonna throw I get up. Point. I, get point. I am going to vomit. Okay. Uh, well, I'm. Oh God. All right. Um, do you feel a special connection to any kind of a subculture or, or a tribe of sorts or, or even just a family, whatever kind of a group dynamic you can relate to that, that's resonated with you a lot, especially lately? Well, um, of course, there's there's the Church of Satan. It's church the first of Satan. thing. 
Church Satan is the first thing. I was never, I wasn't raised in any kind of church. I never was a big joiner of things. The first organization that I ever like joined, and um, it means a lot to me to uh, find that many like-minded people, and yet still, um, it's not like a uh, not like other organizations where you have a lot of like-minded people and they can only like the same thing and everybody's exactly the same. It's a lot of like-minded people who are also at odds with some of my own ideas and, and they have their own, you know, so it's, so uh, it's, um, it's probably why one of the reasons why I was okay with joining it. <laughs> yeah. I'm not much Stepford kind of person, you know, like I, I really am not one for uh, being like I could never, I could never bring myself to join a religion or believe in a religion previous to this because you had to, you know, like I thought, not that not that other people do this, but I felt like it would be hypocritical to follow something and then just believe in parts of it. But apparently, everybody does that. I I didn't know. <laughs> kid i didn't know i thought well i i kind of dig the jesus story but i'm not saying that i believe in it and i kind of like this part you know like and mm -hmm. so i guess it, but apparently there are christians and jews and and muslims who all just take parts of their religions and that's fine mm -hmm. in fact it's kind of nice i'm glad you know that they don't smite all of their enemies and they're not all you know what i mean yeah <laughs> really following much of that you know, cutting babies in half they're not <laughs> yeah but um, so so yeah, and the uh, as far as subculture, I mean, of course, the the Church of <laughs> Satan would be considered a pretty big subculture. <laughs> yeah, in a weird but, way, um, it has its tendrils in many directions, though. Yeah, and the um, as far as subcultures, um, other than that, I've always been like uh, kind of on the on the fringes of other subcultures and maybe everybody is, I don't know. Like, like I've always, uh, my mom's one of the people that raised me was, was, uh, was a biker. He was a member of the warlocks wow. and, um, huh? Wow. I said, oh, I thought you said no, like, no, <laughs> no, he wasn't. Really? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh. And, uh, when um, I used to go to a, I used to go to a, this is totally separate from him. When I was when I was uh, nineteen, I lived in Minneapolis, and I used to go to a biker bar that the uh, <clears throat> that the circus freaks went to that were that were in the in town. Like this was just a rig so talk about like as many subcultures as you could possibly jam into one place. Really, that sounds amazing. It was a biker bar full of circus freaks. <laughs> It, it was one of my favorite. They had no. How great would that have been? Oh. They had a dollar ninety nine sirloin steak dinner night every, and we used to go there every week, and it was served on paper plates, and it was fucking awesome. The sirloin steak dinner for a dollar ninety nine was amazing. <laughs> That's my kind of. <laughs> so so. Uh, yeah, and if you can consider like, um, I I feel like there's something something I'm, I'm not remembering, 
but yeah, it's like my, a lot of musicians in the family. That's like a little subculture kind of thing in its own right. And my own family kind of like, um, it was, they were kind of like the Munsters on the block. So my own family on my mother's side was their own little subculture. Yeah. <laughs> you know? It sounds like, it sounds like my, I mean, you just flow with subculture itself, the very principle of it. It, it just makes me wonder because when you, I was, I was, um, in almost 30 before I realized that not everybody's <laughs> father was an alcoholic. Mm. This was a big deal to me when I, like, I didn't think that that was real. Like, I thought everybody's dad That's had heavy. a drink. Right? How crazy is that? Like, I, I mean, really think about believing that every single man is really an alcoholic. And not mm. even ever questioning that, just thinking that that's just so. Mm. And, and, and on, mm. you know, if they're not a drinker, they're not a man, you know, <laughs> like they're a freaking teetotaler or whatever, like that. Those people didn't really exist except for television and before I even realized that. So I, my point of bringing that up is that I often wonder, like, well, were we weird when I was a kid, or is everybody weird? And I just think that think that we are. You know, does everybody think their family was weird or unique? You know, but I think that mm. we were pretty weird. You know, like my my dad said, the family, me and my father didn't even have running water <laughs> when I was a teenager. So that's oh. kind of weird. You know, definitely so, these days. Yeah, I mean, and you know, this was in the eighties, but still, the eighties. That's still the these 80s. days. It wasn't the eighteen eighties. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, yeah, we used to get our water from from ponds and stuff when I was a kid. I'm surprised I don't have some kind of like geodesis or something. Mm. <laughs> we used you to live off the land. <laughs> you you have a stronger immune system than us city folk. Oh, probably. I would hope so. Either that or I'm carrying around something that's sleeping in my genetics right now that's going to kill me later on. Or it could keep you alive forever. <laughs> or could, Boy, you're positive, aren't you? <laughs> I'll be like fucking Spider-Man and shit. Like yeah. radioactive, you know, water snakes or something. I don't know. That was It made sense to me. <laughs> there was always... There was okay. always we competed with with um with it was like always, always snakes and stuff in the water in the creek because they go uh, there was this little area where every kind of fish that was in the, the adjoining lake apparently had their babies in this little pond that was like a whirlpool within the creek that we and it was the deepest part so it was where we would get our water from because you could sink the jugs into it and very snakes swimming around in it catching fish this is my my childhood <laughs> so we'd have to, to they weren't dangerous they were like garter snakes but they would dive into the water they look like garter snakes anyway and they would dive I'm into the creek fish for the baby fish and so we have to fight snakes for our water it's, it sounds so off? much more epic <laughs> no those kinds of snakes don't bite people no wow. <laughs> they were just just don't want to end up with you know snakes in your and you don't want to, you know, like just it was just they I don't think they I don't think those snakes bite people. I think they probably would have just it just wasn't a pleasant I mean it was cool to me. I was a kid. I thought it was the coolest, most badass thing ever, you know. Sounds awesome but, to me. I'd watch that now. What channel is it on? 
or is that real life? <laughs> snake water. <laughs> the snake waters of Pennsylvania. <laughs> I don't know what channel would. Uh, couldn't be the learning channel because it's too educational. Yes, that. Ooh. Honey Boo Boo fights snakes for water. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh, oh, okay. I don't know what to say. I just can't. I'm, I hope that I. Am I am I giving you what you want for your show? Is Are you there, kidding is, me? Are you really? kidding me? This is beautiful. I love it. Every minute of it. Thank you so I I knew I could count on you for a great conversation. We always have great conversations. I just Thank thought maybe you. we could share it a little bit. Oh, I have one more big thing that I just realized. Okay. If you care to hear. I don't know if I ever I I remember I told everybody who would listen to me when I first thought of the idea that um, the the book of revelations in the Bible was actually intended to be a book of the dead because every other religion has a book of the dead, right. which is a, uh, <clears throat> a, um, you know, this is what you will encounter when you die. It's kind of a guidebook through, mm -hmm. through the, the afterlife to help you get to heaven. And so it occurred to me, like, wow, that there's a lot of similarities between Revelations and other religions, Book of the Dead, like in, in, in the Tibetan Book of the Dead <laughs> and in the Egyptian Book of the Dead, they talk about you're going to meet this, this thing and this is going to judge you in this way. There's a scale that you meet the two gods at the gate and they have to weigh your, your heart against a goose feather and if it's heavier or your sins, you know, you, uh, you could actually trick the scale the um if you're if your sins are heavier than a goose feather you can't get to heaven so the in the in revelations it talks about what what you'll <laughs> see or what this person's seeing and and when the this this seal was broken then you saw this and it's very similar to the stages of what you go through in the other books of the dead like when you get to this point you're going to see this and you know so i thought it made perfect sense but recently, I've had two, two on two separate occasions. It has been confirmed that that it's, it's John, right? Whoever the fuck it is, right? <laughs> He's yeah, actually writing, and it's, it's actually just a a uh, like a scathing rag about the uh, the king of Rome, <laughs> who yeah. he hated. So he wrote it in code, and all these codes or different parts of you know he's he's just right he's just it's a bunch of sour grapes he was def kind of defeated i think he was in jail at the time he's like oh yeah well blah blah this guy and he's gonna fuck he's a fucking whore and a monster with seven heads and you know like it was just some guy who was just mad <laughs> and the whole world and, is gonna but burn I like, <laughs> yes exactly so, and he had to write it in code because he couldn't, you know, and he sent it out to people and whatever, you know, but it's just not as interesting that it's just a bunch of gossip written in code because he was scared than if he was writing a book of the dead, you know, and that they turned it into a book of the Bible, not realizing it. Like my, my, my thing is much more interesting. I think we should go with that. I mean. It wouldn't be the first time that somebody changed what the Bible's intention was, right? Yeah. To suit their own agenda. Yeah, that's for sure. Yeah. I think that George Harrison actually had a. There's a there's a thing that Tibetan Buddhists say to people as they die. That um, it's 
Oh, I wish I could. Of Ego course, I remember. Solo, right? Ego no, it's, it's, no? Oh. Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> it's it's um, it's a message to the the wandering soul of the person who's passing, and you're supposed to say that to them even after they pass, because supposedly you're helping them to uh, guide them through their afterlife, so their soul can find wherever it's going to go. You know. And um, it's. I wish I. I wish I would have. Uh, wish I would have realized that I want to say this stuff. I really should have looked up everything. It's my favorite thing to say that I can never remember what it is. It's basically like a, a very supportive, like support you on your journey and remember that you're loved and you know that kind of thing. And and you're gonna face a lot of things in this new journey and you know be a safe warrior and blah blah blah. <laughs> It's right. basically that, and uh, loving and words. George Harrison, George Harrison. So he was British, but that was his Book of the Dead. See what I'm saying? Because yeah. he was <laughs> following Buddhism. <laughs> I dig it. Chill, cool baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. All right. Uh, what's most important to you in your life right now? I mean, if that's too simple a question, you can. You know, it is decide. a really broad question. Extremely. I, I am, vacation to talk about whatever you want. Yeah. I am, I am like in a tremendous flux in my life right now because I'm going to be 50 and I don't have like a set path. I don't know if anybody ever truly does. Like I think maybe in the masses don't have a set path. Maybe I'm just normal, you know? I um because I've always been I've always been a dabbler, you know. I've always like you know been kind of artsy and kind, of, and I do a little writing. I'll do a little journalism, do a little comedy. Do oh, you hey. know we? Huh. Um, I don't know if Dave wants to be in the shot. Oh, sorry. He's okay. not naked. He's just. He's not. He's he just... looks naked. No, he's not naked. Okay. <laughs> then never mind. Please continue. He's got jeans on. <laughs> But anyway, okay. um, I've uh, we're I'd really like to see our um, like our porn. We do a little bit of you know the adult movies, and I'm kind of coming to. I mean, there it's are women my right? age, yeah, and there are a lot of women my age who who just keep doing it. We know women in their fifties who are still doing fetish modeling or or even outright doing porn. You know, mm. I don't know if that's gonna be for me forever so i might transition into like a different you know like more of a filming aspect or you know but so i'm kind of in in the middle of a lot of things i am excited that uh i was nominated again for wicked witch of the year oh congratulations that's a uh, i um i'm actually my goal no go ahead i was just gonna say for the uh, people out there that it's a project by um, a Magistra Egrain of the Church of Satan, which we didn't talk about earlier, is an atheistic organization that uses Satan as a symbol for this pride and independence, uh, individualism, the very, that drives, it's, it's, a, and that, it's nature, pretty much, yeah. nature, just uh, being, being a human animal. 
-hmm. but realizing that and, and also realizing part of being a human animal is the poetry of the human animal and that yeah. we like symbols and we like dressing up and and uh, you know playing around with those symbols so yeah and and she has yeah. this annual event to the uh, Wicked Witch of the Year that and she has a podcast Confessions of a Wicked Witch which is a fabulous if you're uh, you know open to that sort of thing and uh, I think many people here will be. Uh, it's so uh, yeah. I just I I haven't discussed any of this stuff on my channel, so I just want people to be aware. You have people, you do have followers who aren't Satanists too, so you know mostly they, not. They, yeah, well, mostly so carnivores. They, I think the Church of Satan has a spectacular website with all kinds of information. You know, the Church of Satan dot com. So yeah. I think that. Oh, it's, no, it's just churchofsatan.com. That's it. There's no Sorry, the. not, not yeah. the the. <laughs> and um, so my goal, my goal really is to be the Susan Lucci of the Wicked Witch of the Year competition because this is like, I think it's my fifth. I, I've been nominated every year, and I think this is the fifth year, or is it the fourth? But regardless, I would like to, I almost don't want to ever win so that every <laughs> year, because every year Ukraine puts out like a questionnaire for the nominees and we get to write like an essay about something or ourselves and I get to talk about myself every year. And it's a nice little, um, it's a nice way to look back on my year and assess my accomplishments, you know, mm -hmm. so I'm kind of enjoying it and I don't think I would be able to enforce that upon myself to make myself sit down and write an essay about my accomplishments every year if I didn't have the Wicked Witch of the Year um, come up every year. <laughs> That's something, isn't it? We really should do these things and we benefit so much. I've, I hear it all the time, the advice that we should write down our accomplishments, our goals. I, on Twitter today, earlier today, I saw, I think, uh, this uh, a Marcus Aurelius uh, carnivore kind of account posted mm -hmm. that uh, you know, write a list of your accomplishments and I thought I know I should you know and I don't but I should but um so it's harder to do it for yourself than it is for you know like if you have somebody else who's like I'm really interested in hearing about you and I want to hear about your accomplishments this year you know right. like it's such yeah. a rare thing you might feel like you're just bragging to a piece of paper yeah yeah <laughs> So, so uh, I mean, and and essentially, social media lends to that sort of thing, you know. Like, like especially among Satanists, we do tend to talk about our accomplishments, you know. Like, I, I a little pride. I have a a new friend who I just met recently who actually is very new to social media. It was really weird. Her and her her husband just joined Facebook. And she was writing a promotion for something that she was involved in. And she's like, oh, I don't want to be bragging. And I was like, no. <laughs> like, Dave and I were, like, more Dave than I was. But, it, but like, that she should, that's what it's for, like, to, to brag about it. Talk about your involvement. Talk about what you, I wrote this, and I directed this, and I funded this, or I produced this. It's, it's all true. You know <laughs> what I mean? Like It's, it's actually yeah. true. So to say so it's it not... Yeah, and I realized listening to her that that does not come naturally to everyone. That's kind of a new thing 
for for society right now that that um in 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 the grand scheme of things it's very new to it's it's not it's more acceptable to not be humble now you know and the less humble you are the the better it is like we're all all every every human being is its own little our own little like product we're our own product and we're all promoting ourselves all the time and mm-hmm. that's a very new thing that's come up you know very that's much. something i think is positive about social media is that we you know positive to some negative to others depending on who you are and, and what your product is <laughs> you know i think that's what it comes down to is what you're actually doing with it and who you are i mean there are people that just post makeup videos all day and someone might call them vapid but in in real life i mean that they, they might be just doing something they're passionate about and that's it they're not just trying to this make a buck whole makeup tutorial video subculture there's you know the makeup video tutorial people another subculture all, it is it's a whole little thing in and of itself and and now I've I've watched some because I want to learn how to do a certain kind of eyeliner. But those people all um, the whole YouTube thing. YouTube has a has some gatherings of YouTubers where pe- you can go and and uh, meet people from YouTube, and they have their own fan bases. And the makeup people are huge. Yeah. You know, it's weird. Like just they have doing makeup tutorials. <laughs> yes, for YouTube. <laughs> it's a whole new kind of celebrity, you know. Yeah, and you don't have to now. You don't have to be Tom Cruise or Kim Kardashian. You just you're, you know, living high in the hog, but and living fabulously. But it's a different kind of fabulous and different kind of famous. Yeah, yeah. it's it's also uh, <clears throat> the um, it's changing the way people. Um, like in in other media in more i guess professional media or the news how they present a story or present the news is different it's bleeding into that because like if you take the way that a like let's say Walter Cronkite would have been my basis for for how someone who is present like a, a talking head presents things mm-hmm. you know in a specific way, wearing a suit and, you know, using words very, you know, precisely. And, and the, um, now the very same like format for somebody who's doing their own YouTube channel, it's them as a single person in front of the camera behind a desk or whatever. You're but right. They're using, they're using like a more relaxed language. Mm-hmm. And I see that. I think it's also lending to more diversity in, you know, the quote unquote professional realm of, of, you know, talking heads. <laughs> like I yeah. see a lot more like, um, the, 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 <laughs> this sounds, I was gonna say the biggest thing is I see more heavy people in the news, like, like presenting, mm-hmm. like, like there, it's not always like, Still, you still got the hot, sexy weather girls and traffic girls, but I see more. Hey, heavy, and more. heavy can be hot and sexy too. So careful there. True, true. 
I don't have to be careful. I'm fat. I can say it. It's it's like flat. I'm just saying say for the you know preemptive. <laughs> okay. I uh, I think that it's it's not just a di diversity of of culture or color. There's a diversity of body types that I see more on television and in the media. And I think that YouTube hasn't because they whoever's watching trends sees that most of the people they don't care what a person looks like it's not just now there are hot people but it's not just hot people that get attention there's there's all different sizes and shapes and ethnicity on youtube and they're getting attention for their content you know yeah so yeah it's, it's wonderful that that's and again that goes back to what we're saying about what we hate about what the internet has become but at the same time these wonderful things come out of it as well it's a tool like any other tool it can be used for good or ill and everything in between yeah and i mean but there's there's uh it still makes me a little sad that the there's never going to be another like that 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 change has happened there's a little sadness there for me not not the diversity part but the the importance of language <laughs> And, and the usage of words and the way that they're presented in, in a specific way that equals professional and and this is important and this is, you know, like is different now. And mm -hmm. I think that in that way, we're, we're more toward like that it's it takes it takes away. I, I like a little pomp and circumstance. And at the same time, I'm so oppositional defiant that I hate it at the same time. So I guess I'm my own, you know, I, I'm kind of a hypocrite in that way, you know? Oh, I, I like feel I, the same exact way, to be honest. Yeah. So I, I like I like the important, I'm the important, intelligent, white, old man who's going to tell you everything that you're supposed to believe in. <laughs> and, and I kind of have an attachment to that, you know? But at the same well, time, I like to see... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> At the same time, I like to see more women and, and more, you know, especially the fat people. I think that, that us fat people need to be, no offense to you, you lost weight. Not that you were ever fat, really, but, you know, you're, I you're was one fat. of the... Oh, you're chopping up, chopping up. Oh, no. <laughs> this is very important. It's about me. We have to make sure the signal's good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't okay. want you cut breaking up over time. Talking about my oh, battery. That's why battery my low? battery's getting low. That's why. Oh, okay. Well, hey. Other than your battery getting low, what excites you about the future? Let's get to that point. Excites me about the future. Well, I definitely want to. Um, I want to. When I die, I want to be dressed in futuristic clothing and be in a very white room, like in every movie I've ever seen about the future when somebody dies. And they just have one nurse, and it's and they have like a, a monitor in front of them, and they're watching some important thing on television, and and they just fade off into death in their silver suit in their pristine white room. Like that's that's wow, <laughs> that's important to me. Sounds like but a very seventies fantasy, right? But it's every single one, like even millennial. What is it, Millennial Man or whatever? With Robin Williams, where he's the robot, the, the I didn't watch that movie because because all robot movies make me cry. 
So oh. the last one I saw was The Iron Giant, and I still cry thinking about it. So I won't. Oh, Iron Giant. Oh, my God. It's so sad. Yeah. That's so Oh, sad. Battery's Not Included? Yeah. Not, oh, my goodness. What a heartbreaker that one was. Don't watch the Millennial Man thing. I won't. Because Especially now that he's dead. Centennial Man. That's what it is. Oh. Yeah. oh, it's a tearjerker. Oh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, you're right. They're all they're all freaking sad. All the robot movies. You people Listen. and your dramas. Give me comedy. <laughs> Goofball comedy, screwball comedy, and some intellectual comedy. I watch Frasier every night. But anyway, <laughs> that's only half so, intellectual. People really overrate how intellectual Frasier was. It was very clever, but it was also very stupid at the same time. I'm sorry. I love okay. it. It's my favorite show, practically, besides King of the Hill. But. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so that's, the future, that's future. What it's, the um, what I'm what I'm excited about is that, like I was saying before, I I seem to be in this kind of fluctuating state right now. I'm excited about turning fifty. I'm super excited about that, and I don't think a lot of people who are about to turn fifty have like all options open to them you know like i have so many paths that i could choose to follow at this point and um so so i guess the excitement is in the the vastness of my choices at the moment mm, that's fabulous yeah that's excellent wow well i can't think of a better point to end on than that so <laughs> Before your battery dies, before that becomes the future, I'll say thank you so much for joining me for this. It, it's been really you. great. I, I got so much out of it, and I, uh, yeah, I'll, <laughs> I am excited to share this, and I'm so grateful that you'd be the first conversation for Epiphanitis instead of me just yapping off on my own. I'm incredibly honored to be the first person. I couldn't I think of anyone going... else to be first. Oh. I really couldn't. You were on my mind for Thank months you. for this. Ah, oh, that means so much to me. <laughs> Finally, somebody appreciates me for the greatness that I am. <laughs> yes, you are greatness. Greatness itself. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much, Michael Anthony. I enjoyed being on your show. All right. Love you. See you later. Love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, and that does it for episode one of the relaunch of Epiphanitis. I hope you enjoyed it, and there's more to come, of course. I don't know when, but uh, now that I actually know how to do this properly, I or close to properly, I will be doing more, and I look forward to it. You can find Heather Height on Twitter at Heather Height. And while I'm talking Twitter, of course, you can find me at Mitosis with zero for zero carb. Thank you so much to my new and continuing supporters on Patreon. That has grown more than I expected and I really appreciate that. Oh wow, and so has the subscriber count here. Over 4,100 people. Thank you so much. I'm glad that you're interested and I'll keep trying to put out good stuff for you. I know this isn't a carnivore video, but that's not, this, this whole channel started because of these ideas, these, I mean, the reason I make carnivore videos, it's the same reason I put out things like this. I want to encourage people to 
live life as vitally as possible. This is, for all we know, this is our one chance to enjoy life. And whether it is or not, I'm not taking the chance. I'm, I, well, I am taking the chance by not taking the chance. Does that make sense? Anyway, I'm not going to miss out on the countless amazing things that life has to offer. I mean, from marveling at the vastness of the universe to, well, I've been spending a lot of time drawing a squirrel lately. I spent a, maybe a week drawing a squirrel obsess obsessively. I've been just getting into, investing my entire spirit into this. Every line, every little stroke, every color, every little speck. I mean, that probably sounds highfalutin. I'm not trying to sound highfalutin. I'm just expressing some very deep feelings and I get excited about these things. But that's it for now. I will be back with you soon. Until then, stay inspired.